Let's talk a little bit about how hot the Miami Beach market really is. You've told me that people are coming from okay. New York, but then you surprised me and told me that there were people coming from Los Angeles. What's going on? And are people coming from the Midwest? I mean, you know, my family's from Chicago. Anybody coming from there? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Jim, let, let me put one quick thing in perspective that I wanted to mention earlier. And this is the ultra luxury segment of the market. So it's pretty amazing. In January, February, March, okay, there were nine years of inventory. There was nine years of inventory of $10 million plus homes on Miami Beach. Okay. The total glut. The word on the street was it was going to be a bloodbath in that right. sector. And guess how many months of inventory we have now? 12 months. 12 Esther told us. There's no, nothing. There's, there's Cornish. Which for the $10 million plus market is unbelievable. Okay. Because you really want to be sitting for, for a seller's market in this price segment, at least. Uh, you you want to be at, you know, 12 to 18 months. And all of a sudden we've accomplished that where we were at nine years, literally 107 months or so. Uh, just four months ago, actually up to June, we were at the same point. And, and, and what's amazing is not only what's sold, but what's pending. Uh, just in the last two months, actually in the last three months, there are 19 pending homes uh, at $10 million plus. That's, that's, I mean, we've never seen any, anything like that before. And I know Esther can delve into that more for sure. Yeah, Esther, tell me a little bit about that. Um, you know, look, you're really in the mix. You're in the social circle. You just don't sell to these people. You're you're their friends and their confidant. What's the real buzz going on? Are these people coming here to stay? Are is our population shifting again? Look, I've lived here since 1969. I've seen a couple of different shifts. Okay, is this another one? Yeah. And you know, I'll third homes and continue that way. Uh, you know, a lot of them are now establishing residency here because it is income tax beneficial. So maybe they started out with one idea or start out with, you know, one leg in and bring the other one. Um, and, you know, they it's a nice place to live at the end of the day. Maybe sometimes we all take for granted what's here, but, you know, coming down here with this weather and, you know, at the end of the day, I know that it's an active city, although right now, you know, the pandemic has slowed us down, but our natural resources like your bays and your beaches are amazing. So it's a great lifestyle, even for kids. I mean, we have, I have clients from London that, you know, every year they come, they enroll the kids in school. Life keeps them from actually bringing the other foot into Miami because they got to go back to London, but their dream is to ultimately live here. It's a much nicer place to live than where they're at. So I think everybody feels the same way. We complain about the traffic, but if you're coming from California, our traffic is a piece of cake. So I grew up, you know, Miami's very attractive and it always has been. And listen, I was the first that thought that the pandemic would be a bloodbath on the residential market. And the total opposite happened. I mean, I read it totally wrong. 
and there's been a run in, on houses. Some of them, you know, the new thing, whether it's true or not, is that, you know, a lot of these homes are being bought sight unseen. Whether that's true or not, I don't know, because I don't believe everything I read or hear. <laughs> but I do know, you know, when you're talking sight unseen, it's relative. I mean, that doesn't mean that, you know, the person buying a house on Sunset Island doesn't know where the island is or where the lot is or where the house is. But maybe at the moment that they made the decision is sight unseen. Or maybe at the moment they made the decision, they just decided on this property that they had not seen, but, you know, took a gamble. I sold a lot on Sunset Island about a couple of weeks ago. And we had a, a lot had been sitting there for about a year and a half at 8.9 million. And then it took us about a year to reduce it to 8.5 million. We had an offer for seven and a half. That was from a spec builder who tied it up and then walked out of the deal. An offer came in after that for seven, six, seventy-five of someone that had lost it. And it's a teardown. It's a 20,000 square foot lot waterfront teardown to build a new home. And the seven and uh, six seventy-five offer was missing a signature from the seller. And we were waiting for the seller to sign it. It was seven o'clock, eight o'clock in the evening, and an eight million dollar offer rolled in with four days to inspect and ten days to close. So the seven and a half and the six seven six seventy-five walked out, lost out, and an eight million dollar took it. And that was in the course of maybe, you know. 12 days, because you know, you got 10 days inspection and then 24 hours after the house got freed up again. And this was a house that sat on the market for a year and a half and nobody, there were too many homes. The spec builders were stuck with inventory. The new buyers had a lot of new inventory to choose from, but that's not the case now. You know, it's really interesting what's been going on. Um, and these people buy, they buy all cash or they buy, how do they, how are they financing them? If they're financing for the most part, we don't hear about it. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's a completely different buyer profile too, because they shut down Latin America. Everybody thought that no one would come to buy homes and bang, it turned, it turned into 1983 again. And they all yeah, came the from New York. The market is really, really keeping us up. I mean, look, we haven't even delved into condos because that's a whole different story, right? We're, we're, we're making it sound like everything is amazing when it's, uh, when it's not. <laughs> well, let's talk about the condos because I live in a high rise and I gear yeah, up to go into yeah, the elevator. Look, and, and just, you know, we can dissect this into so many micro markets. You can actually dissect the inventory into micro markets within a building itself where certain units and floor plans are performing terribly and then others are performing amazingly well even in a neighborhood like where you are in edgewater uh it, for a newer construction building you can have a fantastic three-bedroom south corner unit that's selling at the same or higher price point than at the peak in 2015 and then you can have the unit next door that's a two-bedroom selling at a 20 percent discount so i mean you, you can really really dissect it down to that that minuscule of, of, of a detail with that being said I just told you that in the $10 million plus range, uh, we've got 12 months of inventory. And, and if we go through the different segments of single family homes, that changes. But if we're talking just about condos in the million plus range, 
just to put it in perspective, we've got 62 months of inventory, okay? So we've got five years of inventory in that segment. And, and so, you know, that has a lot to do with a couple things. That has to do with, number one, the fact that um, there was an incredible, uh, an incredible amount built in, in this last cycle. That's part of it. Uh, more so on the Edgewater downtown area, but even in Miami Beach, we've added inventory. Um, and, and really the other aspect of that is maybe the buyers who were going to buy, uh, you know, a condo in South of Fifth or, or on Collins somewhere in one of the luxury buildings, uh, maybe now, you know, maybe before they were going to spend three months there and now they're going to spend six months plus and they want to go, you know, with, with the incredibly large property on Star Island. So, you know, the, the dynamics are, are very, very interesting in terms of what's happening there. You know, also, like I said before, you know, certain young families don't want to be stuck in a condo, uh, especially during a situation like this. We'll see if that's long a long term effect. Uh, or not, we're really not sure. It'll probably- Sure, you don't have a family. You know you don't want them in an elevator anymore and all this other stuff. If I know. You get them, no, look, you I want know, them out. I know. No, but you know, but for your second and third uh, homeowners coming in from, from New York or LA or Chicago- That's different. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but even, even they are starting to look at houses where they weren't considering. I have three clients I, I was working with from November through February, and we were only looking at large condos of 3,500 square feet to 5,000 square feet, and now they only want to look at home. So the dynamic is very, very different. There's no question. You know, you know, I, I think that a condo would still be okay if you're on the second or third floor, like the Major League Baseball. As long as you don't have to take the elevator, you'll be okay. <laughs> um, look, we've only got a couple of minutes more, so I want to kind of recap. Um, Esther told us that the super luxury ultra lux market is absolutely white hot, that there's no inventory, that if somebody started, they'd be two years from getting their home built. Right, Esther? All right. Okay. Jason, you told us the mid market is up in North Beach, where between one and five million dollars gets you a brand new house, but even that is starting to overheat. Thank you to my mother-in-law. Thank God she's up there. Then you told us that the condo market is good in some places, not so good in other places. It depends on what unit you're in in the building, right? That's correct. So it sounds to me like the market is extraordinarily nuanced. And if you don't want to make a mistake, you need a concierge. Look, Jim, anyone can go online these days. We know that anyone could go on Zillow and try to school you on what's going on. At the end of the day, most people don't know and they need to be educated. And so, uh, it, it's a process, uh, and that's really so crucial in this entire world of, of what we do. It really is. Look, that's why you're on today. I try to surround myself with people that I believe in that project good energy that are tremendously respected in the community. Together, we rise and do business. We project kindness and make it a better place to live, which means more people buy houses from Esther and you. So that's really what it's about. We wanted to get you together, want to get together and project goodness, project the professionalism that you bring. What you bring, I think most importantly, is that you're a confidant of your client, that you keep them out front, that their privacy is extraordinarily important to you, which means you operate under the same theory I do, that it's all about them. Thank you, Brewster Kell, for quoting that. So, so I want to thank you for bringing that here to the show and 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 basically enveloping me, surrounding me with your positive energy and goodness, and a little bit of market knowledge too. 
and a great outfit with Esther. Esther, you got to bring a great holiday outfit when you come back next time. I love that shirt. <laughs> My wife sees that. I'm going to have to go buy one. So Mr. Zarco, Jason Zarco, my like nephew, grandson, whatever you are, my my beautiful friend, I love you. Thank you for bringing your mentor on with you today. Esther, thank you. I'm going to say to this for, for people. He'll never say it. Maybe he does. I don't. Thank you for all the beautiful things you do for Jason. And what a wonderful gift you're giving us in the community in Jason Zarco, all polished up and ready to go. He's amazing. Love you, Jason. He's great. Love you, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Esther, for being on the show. Dan, we'll have him back with a better hookup next time. As always, Reagan, <laughs> thanks for making us look good. You could take us out right now. Jason, I'll see you for coffee. And Esther, I'll see you for a closing. God bless you both. Mwah. Thanks, Jen. Thank you. Remember, everybody, I want to give a shout out to the first responders. I want to thank our sponsor, Warren Henry Automotive. I want to thank Biscayne Roofing for helping out my mother-in-law. Jason knows all about that. Okay, I want to thank Creco AI, Carlson Integrated. Next week is the tech show. Look for them. Bergstrom Center for Real Estate Studies, Turkel Brands, I gave him a high five. I want to thank you, my listener. Without you, I wouldn't have a show. And I get a lot of business from you guys, too. Please go to our Facebook page or LinkedIn page, all our show stuff. Like us, tell your friends, join our community. Give us feedback and comments. Tell me who you want to hear from. Tweet at Jim Freed at Freedom Business. Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube. LinkedIn, I said that already. Website, thousands of hits. Next week, Wednesday, noon, Larry Zinn and all kinds of other great stuff on the show. Remember, the person that wants to do something finds a way. The other finds an excuse. Now go out there and make it happen. I'm out of here.